Yo, yo, yo. Happy New Year. First podcast of 2023. Woohoo. We hope everyone had a fun New Year's. 100%. Hope you didn't break those New Year's resolutions yet. It's literally like January 1st. So hope, yeah, there's still time. (laughs) Still time, still time. But yeah, haven't talked since last year. Haven't seen you since last year. Haven't had an episode since last year. Oh, yeah. Haven't recorded (laughs) since last year. (laughs) Haven't showered since last year. I'm just kidding. I showered last night. But anyways, guys, welcome to our first podcast of the new year. Um, We're super excited to have more guests coming up. We know we took a little hot sec of a week, but we kind of needed the time so we could be extra awesome for you all. Mm-hmm. I was actually in the Bahamas and the Wi-Fi was so bad that I couldn't even listen to our episode, even if we wanted to. I couldn't see pictures. It was not great Wi-Fi. TikTok didn't work. No TikTok for like eight days, except when we were on land. One of the days actually got canceled. We were supposed to go to swim with the pigs. Ta-da, no. didn't happen. Yeah, it got canceled because of the rough water. Mm. So we actually left um, at six in the morning the next day. We were supposed to leave at 5 p.m. the first day, but we were arriving to everything on time, arrived in Florida on time. Florida was cold, so it didn't really matter. So it was kind of like a depletion day. We did nothing. Um, and then the next day we were supposed to arrive in um, the Bahamas and we did, but we couldn't go there because the waves were so bad. All of the excursions got reimbursed and um, we apparently someone needed help on the ship. And so they needed to like, go to the hospital at the place where we were docking the next day, which was Nassau. And so we essentially went to the dock and then just swam around in random territory and ended up where we were supposed to be for the second day. The next day was a little cold, but it was still a vibe. Um, But yeah, no, no pig swimming, but I did want to start off by saying we met the coolest people Jewish couples with their families. Incredible. We met this amazing mom, amazing father, like dream parents and their two kids who are so amazing. I keep saying amazing, but like Mm -hmm. unreal. Have not met like parents that are so young minded like this Mm -hmm. ever. Just such a cool situation. And shout out to this couple we met, 25. The guy was so funny. The girl, so cool. Met him in the locker room. No, met her in the locker room (laughs) and I met him looking for a drink. And he was like, dude, there's bars everywhere. What do you mean? Love the energy. Guess how they met? Most Jewish situation ever. They met at his bar mitzvah. His dad accidentally sent the girl an invite, but it was the wrong Carly. And my, my jaws literally dropped. And she, I know, and I told them that we were going to talk about this in the in the next podcast. And she, no joke, goes to the bar mitzvah, meets him, ends up at a brunch for the bar mitzvah the next day. They become best friends, and then they date for seven years. That is the most amazing Jewish dating story I think I've ever heard. I was like, I can't tell Marla this on text. Like, I have to just say it. 
on the pod. So shout out to them, Alex and Carly. Lily Fate. Love, 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 love them. Um, if you don't believe in yeah, fate, that's that. That's all. You when they to told me the story, I was like, oh, "This is the most cool." Like, I can't, I can't. And I joke that like the father definitely shit up that relationship. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he brought his two yeah, sisters. Wait, wait, wait! I feel bad for the actual car. Wait, was her name Carly? I think yeah. Oh, yeah. Did, the, did the other Carly? Does that mean she never? You no, know, I never asked. Her? I never asked about that part of the story, but. Carly and Alex, shout out to them. Really cool story. I haven't heard a story like that in a while. And it was funny because we're like, they're asking us how we met. We're thinking we have the coolest story ever. Mm-hmm. And then they start talking. We're like, no, 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 no way. No way. There's no way. But there was a way. So I literally, so I just can't, I keep thinking about the other Carly being like, wow, I can't believe so-and-so didn't invite me to his bar mitzvah. I thought we were good friends. <laughs> yeah that's amazing so, so what were there any i know the weather was not as warm as you wanted to be but any other highlights yeah. from the trip i mean the weather was actually pretty good for the last few days um we met malad actually as well so shout out to him he's a subway tiktoker um and it was a really cool experience to get to chat with him get to meet his brothers get to hang out with this family that we joined for the week um and this couple Alex and Carly and his two sisters that went on the trip so we all kind of hung out as a squad mm-hmm. um and yeah I don't know the social part of this cruise was like one of the biggest highlights for us mm-hmm. we had many 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 meals with many different people and we didn't get to have that last time that's so, so fun that's really we're nice super excited to be leaving with a lot of friends and how did you and jack ring in the new year do you guys kiss at midnight <laughs> uh, <laughs> i mean honestly the, the whole midnight kiss i feel like if it's a few minutes after you're chilling you're fine it's whatever it's what especially if you have people over it's like yeah mm. but no yes Yes and no, just a few minutes after. Um, but yeah, we were with his brother and his girlfriend and just sweet little time because we just came back like that morning. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I feel like New Year's. I'm at the point where even though I do love it, it's definitely like overhype and I need it and I try to like. Did you have a New Year's kiss? Uh, sort yeah, of, yeah, but not really. I mean, I had nurse kiss, but it wasn't like at. Who sort of has? It wasn't one. at. It wasn't at midnight. Um. Okay, but like that still counts. Sure. Okay. Then I, I guess I had nurse kiss, but it was like it was a little bit later in the night. I'm actually um, you can't see me, but I'm still in my makeup and my pajamas from the night. It's like two p.m. in L.A. Did you sleep over? No, I'm at my apartment. Did you sleep by min after midnight, man's? No, I'm at my apartment. I slept in my oh, own, but- no, I slept in my own place. I'm just saying, like, I was so, like, tired this morning. I, like, didn't take, and I went, like, didn't take off my makeup when I went to bed last night. Still in my pajamas. It's very slow mm-hmm. January 1st. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, New Year's always is, like, overhyped. So trying to, like, I feel like people, a lot of people feel that way. And so, right. like, they have to kind of, like, set their expectations to be, like, if it's fun, it's fun. It doesn't have to be this, like, crazy thing, like, um, just like being with people that you want to be with or have, like being in the environment you want to be with. It is overrated. And I, I feel like the older you get, the more stressful it is to like have plans. And like, yeah. if you're with someone, it's just like, let's just 
run away because it's just so stressful. Also, like living in the city where it's barricaded and the police have to ask you where you're going. You have to show your ID everywhere. You're trying to go to dinner. Mm -hmm. It was a 40 minute walk. Oh my gosh. That yeah. actually, wait, that actually makes so much. You're right about how it almost gets harder as you get older. Cause I feel like when you're younger, it's like most of your friends are all like, everyone's the having place. a party. They want to do the same thing. But as you get older, like people move, some people have relationships, people don't want to do like the right. same thing anymore. Like here in LA, a lot of people go away for the weekend or like a lot of my friends that I made here, like we're all kind of doing different things. So it's hard to figure out like what I want to do because there's not like a one central thing where everyone's going to. Right, right. And everyone's into new things and like, I don't know. I've just come to appreciate intimate gatherings the older I get. Yeah. Which, like, if your me heard that, she'd be like, what? No, it's, I, I totally feel you. Because uh, so last night, my friend and I, we went first, we stopped at a friend's house party for a little. And then we went to this kind of like bigger bar event. And the, the, right. the bar event was fun. It was cool. Had a good time. But if I like probably had the choice to redo it, I think I would have just stayed at the friend's house party the whole night instead um right. but it was it was nice still to like see to see friends at both um yeah well, so it. do you have any um i mean i know you guys were just in the bahamas so is that your relationship update anything coming out i think else yeah, coming up I with jack like, i feel like that's the big update we definitely want to plan another trip soon um but haven't gotten to it yet. Mm -hmm. We're both just exhausted. Had the had honestly just the best time. I strongly recommend cruises if anyone's interested in like a fun vacation that's also like really worth the money. Like think about it this way: you have three meals a day. You know you can order like whatever you want, however much you want of it, and like unlimited drinks. Yeah, for eight days. Like if you go somewhere that's like racking up crazy, it's just like the best financial way to travel. Yeah, it's having a vacation. My and also it's like, if you love camp, it's camp for the week. <laughs> you're stuck with these same people and you're experiencing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And everyone wants to communicate for the most part. Yeah, everyone's like friendly. So I love camp. We already know that. Oh wait, it do was, wanna do you wanna briefly talk about because we had a longer break from our last episode, the com the chosen comedy festival. Yes. Okay, so previously before Bahamas, I went to the Chosen Comedy Festival in Miami. It was really incredible. Got to learn a lot from other comedians, have conversations with them. We went from after party to dinner to pre-party to festival. The comedians were incredible. Elon Modi, we love them as hosts. Like they're killing it. They're iconic. I think Elon was actually in Israel too for New Year's, mm -hmm. which is so dope. Um, but yeah, just great time, great connections. Excited to have some of those people on the podcast look out. Um, but Marla, we need to know more about this guy you kissed post midnight. Oh, that's so burning well, table. That's, I will say that's not really, I feel like, um, a big part of my, uh, date my relationship update it he, it was like a friend of a friend who was like just visiting so I didn't I was it was honestly fine because I feel like I didn't want to like I was with like I feel like I'm getting tongue-tied um it was just kind of like a fun like I'm like we're probably never going to see each other again type thing which I feel like helps with because you don't want to add pressure was he Jewish was he nice he's, was he's he actually, six he's foot? Half Jewish um he was very nice um he had an accent Six which foot. we love but um mm. no honestly like it, it was 
it was fun. It was fine. I like it was for the perfect. It was honestly perfect for New Year's because again, like that pressure of like meeting someone or talking to someone. It was almost nice to know that it was someone that was just like we're having a nice time together. We'll probably never see each other again, and that's that's fine. Right. Um, right. Right. But it's so funny because I feel like. When it rains, it pours sometimes when it comes to dating. Ooh, a lot of guys in the DMs. Like sometimes there's like nothing, like there's sometimes nothing going on. And then there's like yeah. a kind of a lot going on at once. So Tell the tea. Um, let's see. Since we last updated, there was a hinge guy that I went out with that um had a great date. I was really excited about it, like after the fact. Um, of course, in the Jewish geography world, it turns out he had actually gone out with a friend of mine in a when Duh. he was living in a, in a different city so that's hilarious but um miss worldwide over here more like he's mr worldwide but it was fun um i was a little bummed out because he basically told me that he wasn't looking for anything serious and um i am looking for something serious so even though he kind of insinuated that we could still you know go out and hang out um right. i was like no like thank you because it, like we've talked about this before you know like a lot of times I think girls do that thing where they're like oh like I'll keep hanging out with him I'll keep you know seeing him like eventually he'll want to be serious like eventually he'll commit like I just have to wait and I'm like I'm not doing that anymore like I've been there I've done that like it's fine if people aren't ready for something serious but I am so I'm not gonna just like wait around um good for you I don't think you should. Yeah. If it's meant to be, it will be, but like not because you force it. Exactly. If if I get an invitation to a bar mitzvah by accident, like if it's fate, it's fate. <laughs> Yay, Carly and Alex. Seven years too, by the I way. I know. That's Great. amazing. Um, What else? <laughs> I actually, it's funny. So I went on a first date with a friend of a friend. It was, uh, I, I wasn't sure if I was actually into it. Um, And I wasn't planning on saying yes to a second date if he asked. But then I, he actually asked and I kind of was like, all right, let's, let's do this. So we did my second date with him. Um, and it actually was really good. Um, so mm-hmm. I think I'll see him again. Okay. We'll see. Still getting to know each other. Um, I also had a first date with a guy I met through Jewish stuff. Um, and it was actually great. It was one of like the, the probably one of the better first dates that I've had in a while. Um, I love that. So I think we'll probably Where go out and take you. What? Where do you take we you? We went to this like restaurant bar and it's actually really cute because we got drinks and he also was like, it was kind of late. It was on the later side. So he was like, do you want to like split a dessert? Because we'd both eaten dinner. So we got drinks and then we got um, a dessert to split, which I loved mm-hmm. because I do like to eat. I mean, I do like to eat on dates, but I also don't because I feel kind of like awkward. So it was nice right. that he initiated it because I think that like I wouldn't have initiated getting food because I would have felt like, I don't know, weird, but it was nice that mm-hmm. he initiated it. Um, pro tip, guys, if you're on a date with a girl, I like they probably do want to eat something, even if it's just an app, but they maybe don't want to be the ones to say it. So suggest it and they'll like that. Um, or just like order first. Or just order anyway. Yeah, I don't even ask them. <laughs> you're like, do you want anything? Unless they have allergies, maybe then. I don't know. Um, but... Yeah, so we'll see. Hinge, yeah, Hinge has been like okay. I was talking to one guy who like said he might want to get drinks. I don't know. We'll see. There's a kind of a lot going on, but I feel like this always happens. It goes in waves. So like I'll be talking to a few different guys at once, and then like within two weeks, it's back down to like zero. So it's it's nice for right now, especially because I was weed them out, weed them out exactly. But it's nice for right now because like I was feeling definitely like 
that there had been a lull in my dating life for the past couple months for the most part. So it's nice to kind of feel like there's maybe some stuff going on again. So we'll see what happens. I feel like it's kind of good though, that nothing really insane has happened to you yet because you've also been able to adjust in a new like home and adapt. And I feel like that's more important than anything else, like making the friendships and along the way, yeah, you're going out with people, but like knowing more of what you want, really learning and doing this thing for yourself because you really did move there for yourself and you were considering almost staying for someone else. So I think it's good for you. I think this new year will bring some, some good vibes. I'm excited. Thanks Libs. Yeah. Well, well, I think it'll bring good vibes. Wait, Oh my God, you hit 50K on TikTok. Thank you. Congrats, that was amazing. Thank you. That was one of your goals to hit by New Year. You know, I couldn't even access TikTok. My friend Danielle, she literally texted Jack and was like, tell Libby to look at her phone, FaceTime me and was like, you got 50K. It was so sweet. That's amazing. I was literally drunk at the bar. Like, and I was like, oh my God. (laughs) That's amazing. Mazel, mazel. Thank you. I was like, of course, this one, I can't access my phone. (laughs) <laughs> I know like my friend called to tell me like I was like that's so sweet well yeah that's amazing a major milestone hopefully more to come thank you it's crazy because I never thought of higher than that like I really didn't I didn't think of higher than 10k I didn't think like I never thought in numbers but I was like you know what like that would be kind of cool and it's just like I'm content where I'm at for like the first time in a while so I'm really yeah, excited you like don't you don't even that. realize like the heights you can reach until you I don't even know 50,000 people do you no <laughs> I definitely don't so, know 50,000 I'm really 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 grateful and like obviously I couldn't do it without people actually supporting my stuff so yeah that's dope oh <laughs> thanks, and I don't thanks, think we've uh, Wait, I don't think we've mentioned this yet, at least on the podcast. We've mentioned it on our socials that we're selling merch. Yes, it's officially out. There's sweatshirts, t-shirts. And soon to come more. Other items potentially. Um, but yeah, they're really cozy. Like We're not even just saying that. Like Genuinely, I wear mine all the time. It's so Guess what Jack wore for New Year's yesterday. Did he wear a Schmuck Boys t-shirt or sweatshirt? Sweatshirt. Oh. Yeah. That's so nice. He changed into his uh nice shirt, into his schmuck boy sweatshirt. And, and he was like, it's fair game because I can't complain that he's wearing my sweatshirt. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I was like, that's genius. That's but, genius. yeah, you can't complain that he's not if he's dressed casual, if he's wearing your own merch. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so what? World the story. If you're not gonna dress nice, at least wear the girls' apparel. Yes, hundred percent. But yeah, so you can find <laughs> the link to our merch on our Instagram at schmuckboysofficial. Check it out. Um, Yeah, anything else, Libs, before we get into our amazing guest this week? I think schmuckboys out. And you guys are going to love this episode. We were super blessed to have this guest. Um, Grateful for his time. Also, Hanukkah season was just out, so just really fitting um, because of what you'll hear to come. But yeah, really grateful to have had this super special guest on and boys out. Yeah. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. 
All right, everyone. Our next guest, it would be quicker to list the things this guy hasn't done. <laughs> Actor, writer, director, producer, musician, singer extraordinaire. He has done it all. Most recently starring in Uncoupled on Netflix with Neil Patrick Harris and the just released Menorah in the Middle on Hulu. Please welcome Jonah Platt. Hi. Woo! Thank you so much. What a lovely introduction. <laughs> Yes, blessed to have you here, truly. Thank you. I'm like trying to think of like plat puns right now. Like it's so plat, like it's so cool. Like I don't even know if anyone's ever said that before, but. No, has never been used interchangeably with cool, but I'm I feel like it could be a word. It sounds like, let's make it plat. Okay. (laughs) So we like to start off the pod with a little relationship update of the week. So that can really mean anything from you went to a movie with your spouse, you went on vacation, um, so you, you got into a fight about something you watched. Like, yeah, like literally whatever. Uh, let's see. Uh, what day is it today? Today's Wednesday? November 9th. Wednesday. So, uh, my, so my wife is super pregnant she's like 28 weeks 20 thank you so like no no date nights happening like we it's it's a lot of like well last night we had dinner together which was very nice and then she was like okay i gotta go up i was like babe it's it's like 8 15 i'm not coming up yet (laughs) so it's a lot of it's a lot of hanging and then uh she going to bed early and be meeting her a little bit later <laughs> okay so we're going to turn it into a pregnancy update of the week yeah definitely <laughs> beautiful Love yeah the so just to i guess a little get started more so on you as over, overall not just like jewish stuff right away kind of where did your interest in the entertainment industry come from well uh i was really born into it um my parents initially like one of the things that brought them together was their shared love of the performing arts uh and especially musical theater and so that's what i was raised on even if my dad was not working in the entertainment industry which he is which i'll mention in a second that's like what we did around my house was like listening to musicals and going to see them and watching movies and Mm -hmm. so like already like that was a huge part of just my early development was that's what we were steeped in. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, it's my dad's business. Uh, he, he, when I was growing up was an executive at a a couple of different movie studios. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, as a, as a kid, you don't totally understand what that is, but I just knew that, you know, like movies and scripts and like studio lots and that sets like that kind of stuff is just what I was kind of around growing up. Yeah. Uh, so I never really considered anything else, just kind of always what I did and always what I was around. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. What about like from a young age, like any funny audition or like theater kid moments that you had? Hmm. Um, Theater kid moment. There's got to be. Oh, well, here's a good one. Um, I was in Into the Woods when I was like, I don't know, like 14, let's say 13, 14. And this was in this after school drama program that me and all my siblings did. I have four siblings 
and everybody sings and everybody was a performer. Um, we all did this thing called the Adderley School for the Performing Arts. Uh, mm -hmm. And like always, there were never enough boys. Cause well, like- That's like a always theater problem. That's like an the always boys, theater problem. The boys had it best, come on. Exactly, exactly. Um, so there were not enough boys. So we did Into the Woods, uh, which if you've seen the show has quite a few male parts. Uh, I played the baker, the wolf, and the prince <laughs> <laughs> in the same show, which was like the best part of all time. Uh, was really fun. They're they're actually never on stage together, which works in a funny way. That like yeah, that character three. prep, though. Yeah, which was really. There was only one moment where we had to like do a funny little bit of trickery, but we were very obvious about it, and I got a yeah, nice laugh God. from the audience, and uh, that was a That's fun one. Fun. Yeah. Did you ever like mess was... up the lines? Did not? I ever mess up lines? I mean, it's like between, like you thought you were like. Oh, with the, between the characters? No, no way. Expert. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I, I was Moonface Martin in Anything Goes in sixth grade, and I was like this tiny, and Bonnie was like this big. Aww. So it was like, oh no, my Stradivarius, I gotta find him. And you, Bonnie picks me, Mooney, the guy she's supposed to be with up. Like Cute. they take advantage of the size so yeah. much. Yeah, when you're with your kids, you gotta just work with what you got like that. That's great. I did like Scarecrow, Falstaff, like, uh, like I loved like the funny male roles. So. <laughs> I was like, I'll take them. I'll Great. take them. Okay, you have a niche. Uh, so even though obviously you grew up with theater and an entertainment kind of industry in your life already, do you feel like there was still a point in your life that was a very like pivotal point in your career? D definitely the like biggest turning point for me in my career was when I booked Wicked mm -hmm. uh, and made my Broadway debut. It just sort of, it, it gives you a different level of access and cachet once you can say that you have starred mm -hmm. in a show on Broadway. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, the experience in and of itself was unbelievably amazing mm -hmm. uh, and introduced me to a whole community of people and uh, was just the best. Uh, but yeah, for sure, that's definitely like been the career height for me up until this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very cool. It was. It was really awesome. I love that. I love Wicked. Yeah, it's a great show. It's unbelievable. I was actually just in London last week scoping out uh, the production office for the Wicked movie, which is oh going to be insane. It's going to be awesome. Or Wicked movies. There's two of them. That's so exciting. And London's great for theater, too. Like, yeah. I, I went on a theater trip in London that was like 14 shows in two weeks. Wow. So I... My heart is in London. Okay. For sure. That's awesome. So just going back to the Judaism and obviously so much entertainment within your career from when you grew up, it was always around you. You're someone who is, I would say, like a Jewish celebrity who's very vocal about Judaism, Israel, anti-Semitism. When did you start sharing about these topics and what essentially drove you to them? Um. So, you know, it, those things have always been a part of who I am. Like, I've always been defined very much by my Judaism. I went to Jewish day school, went to Jewish sleepaway camp. Ramah? Um, Was Ramah, it Ramah? baby. Oh, yeah. Me too. Hey, which one? Nyack and Berkshires. Nice. I, yeah, I have, I have a bunch of cousins who went to those. Everyone has a cousin who went to Ramah. <laughs> exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, I went to Ojai, which is outside L.A., 
Mm, very fun. Well, I've, met pe- I've met people here that have I'm like the one Jew that maybe didn't go to Jewish sleepaway camp but I've met people he's here. so fake it's I so know, hard it's, I know it's very weird but I met a lot of people here since I moved here that say they went to like the Ramah that's in this area I guess yeah I wouldn't I'm surprised to hear that mm-hmm. um so yeah so you know I've always been involved with Jewish stuff um my my mom is hugely involved with the Jewish community as as really as like her whole family, her siblings and her parents and my, my dad's family too and his parents. So it's like definitely been part of what I was raised with. But I would say where I started to be a little bit more um, purposeful in especially on social media, being vocal about stuff was definitely in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as we have all seen, you know, the rise of anti-Semitism. And I think re- really even before that, it, it was, I felt that there was a gap um, that wasn't being filled in regards to Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and And I felt like a lot of Jewish people were, afraid to confront the anti-Israel, anti-Jewish stuff out there um, because I think for, well, for two reasons. One, I think because they didn't feel like they had, a lot of people don't feel they have the ammo to to respond to that because they're not well-educated enough Mm -hmm. to know what to say and to to feel confident and feel they're in the right with whatever it is they're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's also just a Fear that like doing supporting Israel in in ways like is bad in certain left leaning spaces right. where a lot of entertainmenty people are, uh, which is bullshit. Um, and so I I didn't like that, and I felt I you know I have some platform. It's not huge, but it exists. Yeah, definitely. And so I I wanted to use that, and I do use it, and I think it's really important. Because people notice that. I mean, people really do see it and they go, oh, this makes me feel better that there's somebody else out there saying this stuff. And Mm -hmm. yes, I'm feeling the same way. And thank you for that information. And thank you for, uh, you know, these talking points or whatever it is. I've gotten a lot of positive response, which which far outweighs, you know, the whatever hate I get, because, you know, haters going to hate. Right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this on this podcast before how important it is to speak up. And unfortunately, while there are plenty of Jewish celebrities on social media, there's not that many Jewish celebrities that they'll, they'll use the platforms for like other good causes, but not for their own. And so I feel like um, a lot of us that are like active and like in Jewish spaces on social media, when we see someone like yourself that does speak up, we're like, Oh yes. Like, it's means so much more because it's such, there's not that many people that do it. And especially because right. in this day and age, we know that social media can have such like big impacts on people's career, both negatively and positively. Um, so we also, like you mentioned, there obviously are negative reactions, unfortunately, sometimes. I guess we're also curious, how do you deal with those negative reactions? And also though, have you ever had a positive reaction that you were surprised to receive from someone you maybe didn't expect it from? Um, in terms of the first part of the question, I mean, uh, so like, for example, uh, very recently with all the Kanye and the Kyrie mm-hmm. stuff, I've been posting certain things really, uh, discharged, like dispassionate factual stuff. Like, for example, when um, Adrian Wojnarowski, who's like the NBA guy, 
posted news about like Kyrie's suspension on his Instagram, I just knew those comments were going to be full of people supporting Kyrie, not understanding what the big deal was, anti-Semitic stuff. And I just wanted to put in there, hey, and this is paraphrasing. I was like, so here's why this is a big deal. The movie that he supported says a bunch of horrible stuff like denying the Holocaust, which is incredibly harmful and a terrible thing to do, and suggests that like there's a secret Jewish cabal that's like trying to control the world in devious ways, which is like the worst, oldest anti-Semitic trope. That's why this is bad. That's all I said. And I got so much anti-Semitic stuff back, Um, which... I've now seen enough. I think the first time that happens is very shocking. And you're like, wow, this is hurtful. I mean, like it's, I mean, it still is now. It still is like shitty to read, of course. Mm -hmm. But it's like, now I can really see it for what it is. It's like, there's a very large education gap. Mm -hmm. Um, And across the spectrum with Kyrie and Kanye, you're, you're seeing it specifically amongst a lot of people in the black community there's a very large education gap about anti-Semitism and Jewish history. And like, they're, they're, they do not know the actual facts. Like clearly they were not taught in school about the Holocaust or about anything having to do with Jewish people. I, I spoke on a panel recently about anti-Semitism and Zionism online with this guy, Moshe Wanunu, who does, he's Moshe on Instagram, if you follow me. He's like a big oh, the reporter guy, yeah. Oh, he told me, you know, he told me he had done a poll once and he asked all his readers, he's got like 275,000. Uh, one of the questions was like, do you even know a Jew? And I forget if it was 40 or 60, but one of those two percentages, uh, both are quite large, had never even met one. So yeah. like we, we forget that there's just a lot of people who just don't know this stuff. And of course it's upsetting and sad and like very bad, but um, I, I, I try to just educate. There's only so far you can go with people. Some people don't want to learn. They think they're right. Um, they don't care to you know, open their minds. They, they're totally cool being hypocrites, whatever it is. They, they've got their own problems and bitterness. Uh, and then some people are open to knowledge and stuff. Uh, you, you post, you know, I'll post, hey, here's more information from the ADL about all the anti-Semitic things in the thing. And right. someone will go, hey, thanks. I'll check this out. You know, someone else will say, you know, F that, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Right. Whatever it is, you know. It's also about the way they were raised too. Like if they're raised, oh, blah, blah, blah is bad, you know. Yeah, so you, you just take, they, they take certain, people will take things as fact just because it's what they know right. without ever digging any deeper. And, you know, some, I, I went to this, it's, I'm, I'm, it's funny, I keep having these like Jewish things. Like, I, I went to everything. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I went where to, where aren't you? <laughs> I was at this birthright dinner a few weeks ago, oh, um, supporting birthright. And was that, well, I, I think, was Jordan Tilts there? I think. I don't think so. No, I mean, there's all kinds of birthright things happening. Oh, all the time. This was a, a really small dinner in LA. Oh, never mind, LA. Okay, yeah. this was in New York. Okay. Um, small dinner, just like a fundraiser. There was one speaker and I, I hate that I forget his name because he was brilliant. Uh, he's he's like a, a, the head of programming and like education for all of Birthright. Mm-hmm. He's on he's on the internet giving like TED Talks and stuff. He's brilliant. Um, but oh, he, I mean, he, he put it in a way that we live in this age of information where there's all this information at your fingertips, but there's no knowledge, right? Because mm-hmm. like no, but nobody takes more than 
one second. They go, okay, I read that thing. I understand the entire subject. And that's the problem we're in with, unfortunately, Israel and Judaism and anti-Semitism. A lot of that big time falls in that bucket for people where they know one thing or they heard somebody they respect say one thing. Now they're experts about it and they don't feel the need to actually learn. Oh, everybody's an expert. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. Especially people yeah. that have never been. They're the they're the number one experts. No. Yeah. Expert. Don't know a Jew. I've never been to Israel. Like, no, nothing. That was a funny one. I got into it with a guy a little bit on Twitter. And when I said got into it, I mean, I was like, again, I was calm about it. But like, I would be like, what you're saying is anti-Semitic, dude. And he was like, no, it's not. You're a racist for calling out Kanye, whatever. Oh. We're going back and forth. I was like, buddy, like respectfully, you are a random guy. I'm literally going to moderate a panel on anti-Semitism and social media at the Jewish Federation Assembly next week. Like, can you maybe concede? I might know a little bit more about this than you. And he like would not give it an inch. Um, so I was like, well, oh thank God. you for giving me a topic to talk about at this panel next week. Thank you. Literally. I, I mean, it's all also funny that you mentioned birthright because my account was almost at risk because I actually did a brand deal for birthright promoting birthright. Why would that put and your brand they, at risk? They used a spark ads that went in a completely anti-Semitic direction on TikTok. And I have my own following there. And so it went to not my following at all, just all anti-Semites reporting the video um, to the extent where literally there was a warning and I had to come out with a statement, which Isabella Hazan helped me write beautifully. She's incredible. Wow. Love her. Um, and yeah, eventually it got to TikTok's attention and they were able to reinstate my account back. But it's ridiculous that I'm using social media as my form of payment as a job and literally doing my job to promote obviously something so worldwide to get almost my whole entire account taken down like just the premise of that and obviously people get their accounts taken down all the time but it was just like when I experienced it firsthand like you said like the first few times can just be really difficult mm -hmm. so I was grateful for all the support I was able to have during that time but again it's like you're promoting a, a trip that has been a a trip for a very, very, very long time. So I totally understand that. When we're going through all the negative on social media, when you get a surprise positive reaction, I feel like it's such a good feeling. You're like, well, I didn't expect that person to reach out or to say something. And it's like, right. so I'm curious if you have one in mind. I don't have a great answer to that. It's not like some like incredible story, but like <laughs> somebody recently, what I'll find that's really nice is, you know, I, I'm not... Some people follow me because of this Jewish activism stuff, but right. most people, I would say, probably most follow me just for the entertainment-y stuff. Right. And so it's it's very refreshing when I get one of those followers to respond to something that I've posted about the social justice stuff. So mm -hmm. that happened to me recently. I forget what I was posting about, but it was a guy who I know who follows me for the entertainment-y things. And he was like, what's BDS? I've never heard of this. Uh, and I was, cause I was posting about it and I was like, right. but what it was is like, oh, this is really interesting. I'm going to read more about what this is all about. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And so that mm -hmm. was really nice. Like, that was cool. I'm glad to, it's like people pay, people are paying attention. And yeah. even if it's on a, you know, I wish my platform were bigger so I could reach more people, but even one person at a time, if you're educating right. people, it, it, it has ripple effects in small ways. 
And you definitely influence other people who are out there with a larger platform to speak out on it too, when you do it more. So I hope that's true. Commend you for that. Thank you. Truly. What kind of advice would you say to Jews or other Jewish celebrities who maybe want to start being vocal, but maybe they're scared about what other people think, or they've never really communicated in that sense before? How, how would you recommend they start? I would say a great baby step is reposting, retweeting, uh, finding people who like, like Teach and Transform or, or Chen Mazig or Tel Aviv Institute or any, I mean, those are just a, a few, uh, uh, wider frame. Wider frame, yeah. Yeah. You know, people who do this all day, every day and are, are often doing it with like clean infographics and very digestible messaging. Find a really, I've done Teach and Transform like a couple times. I've reposted her just this week because mm-hmm. hers were like really clean and simple. Uh, and it's a very easy one. Then you throw your own little one sentence message with it to put your own stamp on how you're feeling about it or what you want people to take away or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's a really good baby step. You don't have to do any of your own, you know, uh, legwork. You get to piggyback on someone else, but, but amplify an important message and sort of like let the pros do what the pros do and use your platform to bring it to a wider audience. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a good place to start. Yeah. I feel like, it's, I feel like people definitely struggle when like, like to write their own things, but that's an easy place to start. It's like, well, find something that you agree with, that you support and just share. Oh, that's great that, advice. Like, yeah. I think a lot of people feel like that barrier to entry. They're like, well, I don't know what I would say. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know enough about this. So they don't do anything. Right. Uh, and to those people, I would say, just find somebody who you appreciate and, and is doing this stuff. And once mm-hmm. they, once they find something that speaks to you, start there and then, yeah. Then you got to educate yourself. I mean, that's just a quick question, though, too. Have you have you shared mostly just on Twitter and Instagram or have you have you shared anything on TikTok? I have I have zero posts on TikTok. I know nothing of TikTok. Well, listen, by the way, if you ever need any TikTok help, I got you. It's clearly you're the person to talk to. It's like I've always. I mean, not always. I've I've considered dipping in my toe, but it's like it feels very labor. But that's a really powerful app, though, to share all the information that you know. That's why yeah. I asked that. It definitely has probably the like most Gen Z, which that's I the platform that sure. needs it the most. Yeah. I would say right now, TikTok I think needs the most help from strong people who know how to speak about Judaism hmm. the most. So, okay, all right, I hear you. That's that's oh, our yeah, mini, fair warning. It's probably also has the, the worst anti-Semitism. It does. It does. But listen, I'm but happy to give you like a, a one-on-one tutorial sesh on like how you can basically help Gen Z with your. I'm down. Words. I'm definitely. What well, did you see? Have you guys seen like Montana Tucker and the. Um, yes. That's been really mm-hmm. great. And like, I didn't, I saw, I'd, I'd, I'd heard of her because my sister's a dancer. And so she really mm-hmm. like looks up to Montana Tucker, but. I didn't really know much about her. I didn't know that apparently she has like a huge, like young following. So I'm like, that's really great that she's doing this because, you know, I feel like it's great to post obviously no matter who your following is, but if you have a younger one, that's even better. I feel like it's obviously those are the people. And Ellie Zeeler also has been sharing a lot on it and she's been growing on there too. If you guys know her, Mm -hmm. Um, there's just so many creators that are like making me happy for like speaking out. So much appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now we're probably going to get into some questions that are a little bit 
little, a little bit deeper, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, have you had any conversations with your family about anti-Semitism? I guess we're all curious, you know, how have those conversations looked? How do they feel about you being vocal on social media? Kind of that realm of question. I would say I've talked about it with some of my family and not with others of my family. Mm-hmm. Um, as I mentioned, you know, my mom, my mom is the chairwoman of all of Jewish federations of North America right now. Right. Wow. So she's like very literally one of the leaders of the Jewish people <laughs> yeah, um, right now. So she is very much also engaged in this work uh, in very high level ways and myriad <laughs> ways. Um, she it's, on, I don't even know where she is. It's so hard to keep track of her. She's either on her way back or still there uh, in Israel where she's like meeting with bougie and other high level officials and talking about all kinds of things. And mm-hmm. um, so she's, you know, very proud of all the stuff that I'm doing as is my dad um, <clears throat> whose, whose work precludes him from getting, you know, super involved, but he has mm-hmm. been very involved over his lifetime in mm-hmm. many ways. Um and then my, I have two sisters, uh, both of whom are married, who live in LA. Mm-hmm. So we tend to come into contact a lot on this stuff. Um, both of my brother-in-laws are, are active. My younger brother-in-law is the one who was hosting that birthright dinner. He's, oh, he's okay. been on, he's on the board of birthright. It's oh, like nice. super involved with that and supporting mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. and then my, for, for instance, my, my other brother-in-law, I did, I did a program, through the ADL, like a year ago, they're like young leadership training program mm-hmm. that my speech with my brother-in-law yesterday. And now he's going to apply to do it this year. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So I, I think we're, we're sort of all aligned on wanting to, to take part in this work and, and mm-hmm. be a part of it. Um, I haven't spoken about it as much with my two younger brothers, uh, neither of whom is in Los Angeles. Um, and are, you know, leading their own lives and kind of mm-hmm. cutting their own paths right now, very different stages of their life. I'm a lot older than both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so got, haven't gotten to speak about it as much with them. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That makes, I feel like that's definitely something that a lot of families are talking about nowadays. I mean, I feel like it's growing up when you're Jewish, like it's always comes up at probably some point, but especially... Yeah. In the last couple of years, and even more so the last month, the longest, it's been like the longest month, I feel like, for Jews since um, like May of last year when that all, all the other stuff is going on. It's like, can we just have, I saw a funny tweet or something. It's like, can we just have like one day where there's just like nothing? Yeah, I, I think two things have changed from when we were growing up. I think right. one is social media is the big game changer. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like these people were existed who hated Jews. I just didn't have to interact with any of them because mm-hmm. they were, you know, sitting in their basement yeah. and wherever the hell they are and not on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And then two is, you know, as we all know, really since Trump was president and sort of opened the Pandora's box being like, it's okay to hate people. Um, everybody's coming out of the woodwork. It's all get, it's all been normalized. Right. Uh, it's much more socially acceptable to be anti-Semitic. And, mm-hmm. and it, honestly, it's not just Trump because then you also get it on the left. I mean, you get right. have, like all the squad, well, not all, that's not fair, but a lot of members of the squad, right. you know, AOC, who's probably the most popular one is like horrible for Jews. I mean, she's like really anti-Semitic. Um, and so she's totally normalized certain ways to talk about 
that mm-hmm. stuff that right. that just trickles down to everybody, especially you know the Gen Zers who like are like, oh AOC. Uh, so when she says something, they take it as gospel, right. um, and um, it's a shame. It's a shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has there ever been an instance where it's been like someone you've known for a long time all of a sudden comes out and says something remotely anti-Semitic and you're like, whoa, like, where did this come from? Thankfully, I've not experienced that. I really haven't. Um yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, That's great. It, it, it is good. I'm trying, I'm like, I'm trying to rack my brain to think. Knock, if, on, if, knock on wood. I feel like you would know if it was like Marla and I speak about this a lot because I see it all the time. And I feel like the closer I get to it, the more I see it from like people I know, because I guess I'm also starting my social media career. Like it's been like three years since I really started everything in 2020. Um, and I'm just like, I'm like, whoa, like, I didn't know that, but I was always like openly Jewish, but it's like the more Jewish I am online, the more I'm like seeing unfollows or story posts that will like irk me. Um, so I was just curious. If yeah, you- I would say the, the closest I've come, it's uh, no one's been overtly anti-Semitic towards me, at least not that I can remember, mm-hmm. um, but I, people, I, I'll I'll be surprised, let's say at who is and it's it's really from like the jews that i'm talking about i'll I'll mm-hmm. be surprised to find which jews are m- misguided or misinformed right, right. And, because now and, i'm too jewish like i was cool jewish but now i'm too jewish right that's lame i mean it re- it's it's really for me it's like it's it's really been about with israel that mm-hmm. i'm there'll, there'll be jews where i'm like come on like you 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 should know better than to that buy this, you know, BDS crap or whatever, this AOC crap, like you're, you're one of the family. It's like the family can talk crap about each other, but like, you don't talk about crap with other, with other people outside the family, you know? Um, so yeah, like one of the, one of the people who started, if not now, uh, (laughs) was a, like a camper of mine at summer camp. (laughs) you know, and she's one of the founders. Yeah. At Jewish summer camp, which was, it's like crazy. Uh, She was a Ramah kid. A Ramah kid. You know, you've got, and then you've got these kids like going on birthright and throwing a shit fit, you know, on their free trip to Israel. Oh my God. You know, uh, I never went on birthright by the way. I know I have to go, but like, (laughs) I'm kind of at that weird cut where it was like, I was going to go during COVID and then like life. And then, yeah. Have you ever been to Israel? I haven't been since I was 10. I'm actually half Israeli. Um, I am a citizen as well. But you haven't been since you were 10? I have not been since I was 10. And I have a lot of family there. Yeah. Well, okay. I know. You... We got to get me there. Hi. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I hear it from all the directions. You should have seen when I was doing the things with birthright. They were like, what do you mean you've never been? What do you mean? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's an, I mean, I've been to Israel now like six times and I've, Still went on birthright. My yeah. boyfriend actually just got back from Israel. I definitely want to go, but I don't know necessarily if I want to go on a trip. I I want to just see everything. Yeah, you know, for you like should a just, you should just extend then, because like it'll get you over there for free. You'll meet a bunch of people. You'll get to do like fun stuff with big groups, and then you can just go do your own thing. It's only a week. Am I too old? Twenty-four. No, no. no I think they extended to like thirty. I know because right? I feel like people usually go like. I know I have I, people that have gone in their late twenties. I I went when I graduated. I was like twenty-two when I went, so I wasn't much younger than you are now. 
You can definitely go. All right, we'll talk, we'll talk. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the next topic that we want to get into is going to be more kind of about like Judaism and relationships and love. And part of the reason that Libby and I were excited to talk to you about this topic is because obviously, even though this podcast is about Jewish dating and Libby and I primarily talk about Jews dating other Jews, we still feel like just because someone's Jew that's Jewish is married or dating someone that's not Jewish doesn't mean they're any less Jewish and doesn't mean that like their feelings or opinions or voices don't matter. And um, I'm pretty sure your wife is Italian and she's from New Jersey, right? Like I did oh, a list yeah. in New York. Yes, from Long Island. She's okay. an Italian Italian American. My wife converted. Oh, she did. Oh, oh, oh yeah. we know that. Okay, well, I mean, so question- can you speak on that? Like at what stage was that a conversation? Oh, yeah. Yes. And- so okay. uh, I have a lot to say on this topic. Uh, we from, really want to hear it. We want you to speak. We'll be. Yes. Yeah. From, we from really want to hear angles. it. So I, I can speak to it, obviously, through my own experience. And then also um, the ways that I'm involved in sort of supporting this stuff uh, outside of myself. Mm-hmm. So yes. my wife converted uh from, for, for our marriage, we uh, when we were engaged, she converted. I brought it. My wife and I had a very unique uh, beginning to our relationship. Um, we by the we had basically already had this like thing before we even went on our first date. Wait, how did uh, you guys meet? So we met doing the show Hair at the Hollywood Bowl. Of course, you met from theater. <laughs> oh yeah, of it was a showmance. Showmance. Oh, um, those are strong. Yeah, it was good, but but it was odd because when so like when we did hair, that whole process doing the Hollywood Bowl does a musical every summer. It's only one weekend oh. of shows, and they put the whole thing together. It's like ten days from the beginning to the performance. Um, so it's like hyper intensive. It's like going to summer camp for two weeks, um, and so you cover a lot of ground with people very quickly. Um, sure. So when she and I met, she was actually in a relationship. She'd been with this guy for five years, which she'd already felt it was like three years too long, but she like hadn't gotten out of it. She was just sort Get of out. swimming. Did you ever meet him? Uh, I never met him. Okay. Uh, so he, he didn't like, like pick her up after rehearsal. He was, no, he was like in Japan or something. I mean, like they, they were like barely hanging out, um, <laughs> but she just like couldn't she just wasn't ready to shake it up for whatever reason. Then we met and she broke up with him like instantly. Um, Cause she was like, Oh my God, I've known this guy a week. And he's like already sees me more than this guy who I've been dating for five years, That's so cute. Um, which was, it was great. But so <laughs> she, she broke up with him and I was like, okay, I guess like it's about to be on with Courtney. And she was like, I need some time. Oh. So I, I was like, okay. So I actually started dating this other girl from our cast for a minute. And then you Courtney- were a cast swapper. But well, I didn't, it wasn't, I was, she was like, I need a minute. So I was like, all right, all right. No, I guess no, I'll no. Like, so I went on another date with another girl one date, but they like found out and they both like hated that I got hung out with either of them. So Courtney was like, the director must've hated you. No, it was over. It was over the show. I told the whole thing was like 10 days. So it was already over. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so Courtney was like, lose my number. I dated the other girl for a little bit, but like Courtney and I kept talking and just, after like a month or two, it was very clear to me that Courtney was a once in a lifetime woman. Yeah. And so I, I ended things with the other girl I was dating. I like waited a week to be respectful. I showed up at Courtney's house. I said, I want to be your boyfriend. Like, please, can we be together? She said, yes. And then we went on our first date. <laughs> oh my God. So on our first date, which is also the first date I told, I told her I loved her on our first date. 
Um, it's amazing. And, yeah. And I also brought up conversion on the first date. I wow. didn't ask her to convert. But what I said was this. I said, hey, listen, like we're, we both are looking for a real relationship. I know you're a serious wow. person. And I'm like, I'm serious about you. I'm not here to like dick around. You feel like a once in a lifetime person. If this goes all the way, would you be open to talking about converting if we were going to one day get married? Mm -hmm. Because all I needed her to not say was no. If she had yeah. said no on that first date, I'm never going to be open to it. I'll never talk about it. It's not a thing. It, it, it probably would have been an issue for me. I, I, luckily, I didn't have to cross that bridge. I don't mm -hmm. know what I would have done, honestly. But she, like, with a smile on her face, was like, I really appreciate you, like, talking about this at this point and like saying it in that way yes i would definitely be open but her caveat was this she was like i'll be open if it's for you i'm not doing anything for your parents i'm not doing anything for your grandpa it's like if this is important to you and i see that that like it's a part of your life then mm -hmm. yes we can talk about it mm -hmm. and then she saw very quickly in, in being my girlfriend that like it's an enormous part of who i am and what mm -hmm. i do every day mm -hmm. uh it's you know and her family is is catholic and it is very important in their lives i mean her her mother especially like they, they wear cross necklaces they celebrate christmas and easter it's like definitely present but it's it's honestly it's just not the same level of daily immersion mm -hmm. that it is and it's just a really big deal i mean obviously like like i said like my mom is like a leader of the jewish people it's like it's right. huge in my family we all yeah. are just would she, have been, would she have been upset you think my mom yeah yeah i think was that something she ever like instilled in you like jana you have to find someone who's potentially jewish or at least converting right <laughs> um she never would say it that way because, well, first of all, she's from Kansas. So Maybe you have to come up with a new accent. That's a clip. She would never say it that way. <laughs> Kansas. But uh, she would never like put that pressure on me because she's a good mom. Uh -huh. But yeah. it's like, she didn't have to. It's, and it, and again, yeah. but it's like, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't for her. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously my family is a huge part of my life and it was a consideration in my calculus mm -hmm. but at the end of the day it's because it was really important to me i knew like my kids were going to be jewish like i'd be devastated right. to not and like that was going to be our life like we were going to be having shabbat every week we were going to be doing right. the 12 calendar holidays mm -hmm. we we're going to be going to bris's and bar mitzvah yeah. and it would just be crazy for my spouse to let to it go not yeah. be part of that and and like you want to be building a family together on the same page um, if that's going to be such a big part of what you do mm -hmm. now, let me say the second, the second piece is if that ends up not being what happens in a couple and that's, what's right for you, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And, and there's room in the Jewish community for everybody. And if you're intermarried and you still want to be Jewish and you want to have your kids be Jewish and whatever, like, come on down. Um, we're, we're certainly not in the position to be turning people away, <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, you know, and I, like, so let I, them love us. Yeah. I, 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 I think anybody who wants to be there, I, I would welcome with open arms, uh, whether you're Jewish or not. And so like to that end, I'm, I'm on the advisory board of the Miller intro to Judaism program at AJU here in LA, which is like a, a Judaism 101 class that's mm -hmm. typically for people who are converting, but also some people who are just interested in Judaism. Mm -hmm. And it's 
mostly interfaith couples and non-Jewish people. And, and I'm a huge believer in that program uh, and, and supporter of that stuff because I think it's crucial to invite everybody in and all couples and families can look different. And I, yeah, I think the key is if you want to be here, I want you to be here and, I'm, and wh whatever you end up deciding. How old were you guys when you met? Just so I can timeline. Yeah. Let's see. It was 2014. So I was 28. Okay. Um, oh, so I, I do have friends who are now in interfaith relationships um, who wished that they had just said it earlier because mm -hmm. like, like, of course they still love their partner right. and they still do things that they want to do. But I think there's a little bit of a, well, I, you know, I kind of wish we had done the conversion. I wish we were just kind of Jewish all the way, mm -hmm. but they didn't bring it up in time. And like fair play, if it's like, you're waiting till the last second, then the, the, the partner's going to go, bro, where was this? Like, right. you can't bring this on me now. Right. Uh, if this was really that important to you, you should have mentioned it before, you know, a week before our wedding. You were good to mention it right away. So yeah. that's the big tip that like, and my wife will say the same thing. If you're in an interfaith relationship and you think this may one day be important to you, mm -hmm. bring it up now. You don't have to commit to anything, but you don't want to wait until it's too late and then mm -hmm. be, you know, putting your partner in an uncomfortable position. Right, right. I really love everything that you just said. And obviously I think Libby and I are on the same page in that everyone is entitled to their own opinions and whether you want to follow halakha law or not. But at the same time, you know, it's like you t a lot of Jews will talk about Jewish issues, even if they're not necessarily connected to those issues. But it's like, you have to remember there's real people behind those issues. It's not just like fake people that are like, they're, they're, the idea of like interfaith marriages, like they're real people with real feelings and like they're just because their stories might not be what you want to hear doesn't mean they, they don't deserve to be told or shared or um and it was funny around the same time that we decided to ask you to be on the podcast I was telling Libby how I'd gone to a comedy show in the Abbott Kinney area and there was a girl who had a short little bit and it was saying how she was like Jewish but she was like but I'm the wrong side that's my dad and then she goes on to the but the punchline was like but you know like the Nazis weren't asking which parent was Jewish. Totally. And I'm like, and it really like hit it. Like, it, I feel like struck a chord with me. It kind of reminded me how I feel like sometimes when we talk about Israel, we might say to people that we might say to anti-Israel Jews, you know, a Hamas terrorist isn't asking you if you support whether Israel exists before right. they hurt you. They just care that you're Jewish. Kind of like a similar. A hundred percent. And it's like, I mean, well, this is, in uh, part and parcel with that, you know, like Hitler didn't care how white your skin was. If you had a drop, if your grandpa had a drop of Jewish blood, you were a Jew. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and so the last thing I'll mention on this topic, I, I went on this amazing program called Honeymoon Israel. Have you guys heard of that? My my no. friend maybe wants to do that with her. Well, they're not even married yet, but. <laughs> yeah. So uh, were we married? When yes, we that's were? Actually, we maybe have to, do you have to be? I feel like you yeah, mentioned I, it. You have to. I think if you're long term partners or engaged yeah. or something like that, you can go. That Obviously, they don't want somebody who's going to break up a, a week later. Yeah. Like definitely on my trip, they were not married couples. Okay. Uh, but especially because there's a lot of LGBTQ couples. Right. Uh, right. Who, who may not be married. Um 
uh, and uh, which was the case in ours. We had a, a handful of because they really want to encourage LGBTQ right. couples to come on this trip, so right. they don't. Do, wait, do you want to quickly explain what honeymoon? Is? Yes. So honeymoon Israel is a trip for couples who are interracial, interfaith, LGBTQ, um, really just like not regular old hetero Jewish couples. Right. Uh, they want to bring to Israel and include in this community and help mm -hmm. foster a relationship with Judaism. Mm -hmm. um, and so we got to go, we were really lucky because of Courtney's conversion. We sort of like slid in, mm -hmm. um, but you know, we were the only, I think, well, maybe not the only, there might've been others, but it was definitely in the minority of like both members being Jewish. Mm -hmm. um, sure. A lot of inter, like I said, it's a lot of LGBTQ uh, interfaith, interracial, and it was, Amazing. I mean, and 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 you saw these couples uh, building their own connections to Judaism, and whether it came from the Jewish partner or more oftentimes the non-Jewish partner, um, mm -hmm. who who wanted to have a stronger sense of belonging and connection, and and all it took was, was inviting these people in. Mm -hmm. um, so, like that was really uh, transformative for me in that regard of just seeing the power of being welcoming and inclusive mm -hmm. and, and wanting everybody to feel like they belong in the Jewish community if they want to be there. Right. Love that's that. Awesome. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. Because yeah, that that's, was great. that's what, that's the topic that we are most excited to talk to you about because you were the first person that we've had on that has a, a relationship that's I don't, difference not the right word, but you know what I mean? Different angle. Yeah. I like to brag. It's like, I'm such a good Jew. I'm bringing people in. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's good. That's, That's a good really one. Good. Yeah. I got to come up with my fill in the blank. I'm such a good Jew that I blank. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like the next Mad Libs. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Think about it. Now we're going to kind of go back to questions that are kind of less about the deeper questions and a little more like about you and other things. Um, so like you mentioned that you and your siblings were all in, in the entertainment industry. So kind of like, what was that dynamic growing up where all four siblings are doing the same thing? So we're, we're really spread out. Uh, the, the gap between my oldest sister and my youngest brother's 15 years. Oh, wow. Um, so like my, when my youngest brother was born, I was already in junior high. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we were always really in our own lane and we're also so different. The way it worked out, it went girl, boy, girl, boy, boy. Um, oh, yeah. So like there, there was like really very little competitiveness or overlapping at all. I mm -hmm. mean, uh, just, you know, because of gender, you, there was not like my brother who was older than me and we were competing or whatever. It's like mm -hmm. I had girls on either side. I mean, they were doing their own thing. I was doing my own thing. Mm -hmm. And we were never even in the same place at the same time. Like when I got to sixth grade, my sister left the eighth grade and went to a new school for ninth grade. Right. Um, uh, I did overlap with my older sister for college for one year and it was awesome. Like I was like, Oh, this is what it's like to be in the same place at the same time. This is great. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So it, the only thing I can say is it really like my parents, like the big thing in my family was like always showing up for everybody. Mm -hmm. So in terms of like everybody being performers, what that meant is like, we had a lot of shows to go to. <laughs> uh, so, you know, nobody ever missed any on the same yet. night. I, there, I'm sure there had to be some instance somewhere where the parents would split, you know, yeah. dad goes to, and usually luckily for like the important things, there's more than one performance. So like there could be a swap of some kind. Cool. Um, 
Yeah. So, you know, everybody got to stay in their own lane and just, we all support each other and Mm -hmm. pretty much to this day that remains the same. Although of course, with now distance and families and stuff, it's a little harder to be at absolutely everything, Mm -hmm. but everybody does a pretty damn good job. That's really great because I feel like a lot of times, obviously, there are families with multiple siblings in the same industry. And a lot of times you see like the media or things like that, trying to compare them and things like that. But that's great that you feel like you didn't have to experience ever feeling like pitted against each other or anything. Yeah, never, never. That's great. And so can you just also tell us about Menorah in the Middle, just so... We can understand this project. Was it fun yeah. to create such cheesy movie with the Jewish spin? Um, well, you know, it's not that cheesy, maybe. <laughs> it's cute though. Um, it, it, was, it has like the hall. It has like the Hallmark vibe. Like, you know, like, you know. Did you guys watch it? No, it's uh, it's on my list. I'm gonna watch okay. it. So, so obviously, too. it is. A, it's a holiday film that was made very cheaply. It's definitely got. It's like holiday moments but it's like made by a bunch of jews so it's yeah, like we're gonna watch it it's funny it's like it's got real moments of like jewish and jewish humor and like a bunch of jews like lighting the hanukkah candles and saying the prayer and like we didn't have to like read a transliteration out of mm. a script like everybody knew it did it feel um, weird because yeah. you're like this isn't the right time of year to be saying this <laughs> that's funny i didn't i'm sure we joked about that uh it was made in it's such an insane way we we sh- it was written in six days shot in 10 days what? Edited, edited in a week we we shot this thing in august and it oh my came God. out in november it was like insane that is a fast turnaround it was really fast that's like the quickest like, turnaround it was absolutely nuts so you know, there. Hopefully, you won't notice them. There are some production shortcuts here and there. Well, uh, I, I might notice them, but that's just because this is what I do. That's what you do. <laughs> but you'll probably notice them more than the average viewer, who I yeah. hope will just be engrossed in the story and won't right. notice anything. Right. Um, but it was really fun, you know. I, I, in speaking to the director, like part of the re- like the reason the people who got the cast is awesome. Like we definitely. The, the material was elevated for sure by the cast because they did a great job casting really authentic Jewish people who didn't have to do anything. We got to just really mm-hmm. like just be the parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and you didn't, we didn't have to, it, we already knew how to be a right. Jewish family because we right. were all Jews who came from Jewish families, which was like really nice. It was really fun to work on a Jewish movie and feel like we were doing like, a Jewish positive Jewish holiday film yeah. written by Jews that I think anyone can enjoy. Yeah. Um, like definitely Jews are going to enjoy it more because there's not a lot of this kind of content out there, sadly. Mm-hmm. No, I love it. Um, so what is, what is maybe the most either crazy or exciting Hanukkah present you've ever received or given? <sighs> I wish I'd had that question in advance so I could think about it. Oh, sorry. Don't say sock. <laughs> Don't say socks. No, definitely not socks. My mom gives me socks now. I'm actually very excited. But as a kid, I'd be like, mom. But I do have Hanukkah socks and I flex them. I have a Hanukkah onesie. I know a Hanukkah sweatshirt. I own no Hanukkah clothing of any kind. Um, I don't have a good answer for this. I guess Muck Boys Hanukkah sweatshirt. There you go. That's what you need. Uh, the only thing I can like think to say to respond to this, I'm sure I've gotten great presents. I just know that like all the way from growing up until now, mm-hmm. like my mom would 
always gives really thoughtful Hanukkah presents. Mm -hmm. uh, every kid, like we always got more than one from my parents. Mm -hmm. And my mom always just put a lot of thought in to give very individual, right. specific things. That's she so thought sweet because there's like. so many of you. So many. Oh, it's like I used to get like far side calendars a lot for Hanukkah. Oh, Do you guys know the far side? So yes. Wait, um, what's that? Marla, you got to look it up. It's uh, it's uh, like the funniest comic kind of of all time. Little comic strips. Jonathan oh. Larson, I think is his name, the, the guy who did them. And I would have a, like a one a day tearaway calendar with another far side joke on it. And my mom would get those for me. And some years it'd be different. Like as mm -hmm. I got older, I got, she gave me like an art history calendar one year when I was mm -hmm. in high school into art history. And mm -hmm. yeah, so you had kids. Kids. always got the cute tearaway calendars cute. from my mom. Yeah goals well your mom deserves like a crown after this podcast like everything <laughs> i'm hearing about your mom i'm like okay leader of the jewish people yeah, well, yeah. Okay. like mom of the year crazy <laughs> yeah okay so this yeah. is a game we made specifically for you it's a theater Ooh. kid version of would you rather okay i love it would you rather see dear evan hansen for the rest of your life every night but it's not your brother leading or lead in a show every night for a role you hate Ooh, right. Lead it, lead it in the night of the show that I hate. Bro, that's a that's a supportive brother. That's like right the there. most brotherly. Aww. Oh, oh no, it had nothing to do with him. It's just like I don't want to watch that show over and over. I'd rather just be performing. You know, that's where my head went. <laughs> that's amazing. Iconic. Iconic. Okay. Would you rather forget um, your first line of the first scene? opening night or the last line of the last scene closing night i would rather forget the last line of the last scene closing night because nobody gives a shit at that point uh well at, at first my first that's like it's a good question my first thought was like oh if it's just the opening line on opening night like i can get over it real quick and then like we're off to the races and no one's gonna remember i, I um, the theater kid in me is cavelling right now because like <laughs> i was like trying to explain half of these to marla i'm like yeah i don't know <laughs> Uh, but then I was like, yeah, like when you're doing closing night of a show, usually it's like the friends and the family and the big fans are there and like the energy is amazing. Like no one's mm -hmm. going to give a yeah. shit if you screw up at the end. They're right. already ready to start clapping anyways. So I'm going right, to say right. Fair enough. Okay. Would you rather kiss your ex-girlfriend in a scene or your best friend? Oh, I've, I've kissed ex-girlfriends in scenes. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to say best friend because that my wife would be more chill about that. Makes sense. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, this one's about your wife. <laughs> yeah. Would you rather never be able to have your wife sit front row at a show or you're never able to say the first line of any show that you're in? Um, I, I'd rather, I don't care about saying the first line. I'd rather have my wife there. Oh, love that. Yeah. And in fact, okay. it's like I've 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 made I've mostly made a career out of being the guy who's not the first line, but like who then comes in. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, Mister. Um, I play five people in one show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next game is called Cute or Cringe. It's pretty explanatory. If you think it's right. cute, it's cute. Cringe. Yeah. Okay, you're on a first date, and they say they've seen every project you've ever worked on. Cute. They saved a note that you wrote to them at camp 10 years ago, and they still have it. Cute. I, I have all my old camp letters. Me too. <laughs> okay. They offer you their box of Wacky Mac at camp. 
What is Wacky Mac? Oh my God. You had to know this one. Come on. What is it? We didn't have Wacky Mac. I have hot pots at camp and like cook mac and cheese because the food was so bad or like tradition soup. You didn't cook soup. What the the camp? You had to cook your own food at your camp? The food wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting so passionate. The food wasn't that great. It's like the mac and cheese, the kosher mac and cheese, wacky mac. You don't know. No, we didn't. We we never had that. The the Ramahs were not the same on the the coast. They they called ours the spa Ramah. So we were, we were chilling. Oh my God. Okay. Well, Ramah Nayak, when I worked as a counselor, the kids left at 4 PM. The counselors lived there. Strange. Yeah. We were campers when the kids left. Very weird. Very iconic. Okay. Oh, well, that kind of ruins our, well, the the, ne- the next one was also going to be, uh, I guess, oh, no. Another wacky mac themed question? No, 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 no. I forget no. in my mind. I was oh, you look it up after this. I will, um, I will. Okay, the last one is, they try to make your favorite Jewish dish, but it tastes terrible. Oh, that's also cute. At least they tried. No? Yeah, like bad chillant. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, it's, it's cuter than it is cringy, for yeah. sure. True. All right, and well, then the last. Oh, <laughs> you, you can go. You can go. No, you go. You go. Okay. The last question that we always ask all of our guests. So the name of our podcast is Schmuck Boys, and um, we like to ask, "What do you think your definition of a schmuck boy is?" Uh, let's see. I guess a a schmuck boy is like the first i can like picture a schmuck boy they're very they're immature they got kind of like messy brown hair uh they they like think they're cool like they 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 wear polo shirts while they're in college um like i never wore a polo shirt in college like this is college i'm gonna wear a collared shirt uh (laughs) they probably wore a polo shirt and like um they're they're not they're not ready for a real commitment. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, they say potential a lot too, right? Potential, potential. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that was amazing. Thank you so much for coming on here. Why don't you just let everyone know where they can find you, what upcoming projects you might have, and just any last words of wisdom? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Jonah Platt. Uh, maybe soon on TikTok, TBD. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll get back to you, Libby. The Libby Walker influence. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and yeah, Menorah in the Middles on Hulu. Uh, I'm going to be in two movies at the beginning of next year, one called The List uh, with Halston Sage is the lead in that one. Um, that one's really cute. Another cute little rom-com. I think it's going to be on Peacock or on demand. I'm not sure yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm going to be in a really fun, really raunchy, very hard R comedy called spread, uh, on an app called Tubi, uh, oh. which is where Fox puts their movies now with, mm-hmm. uh, Harvey mm-hmm. Keitel, Diedrich Bader, Liz Gillies. It's like a great cast, really awesome. funny, um, but very, very raunchy and highly inappropriate and definitely not a way you've seen me before. And what <laughs> uncoupled uncoupled is great. Episodes. Two. It's so good. It's so good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay. Thank you so much, Jonah. We Thank really appreciate so it. it was My so pleasure. Thank you, guys. This was great. Such great questions. And it was great meeting both of you. Because you're just a schmuck boy. You're just a schmuck boy. That's not enough, boy. Don't need another, another schmuck.